Good day there, guys, and welcome back to Blowing Cartridges, your regularly scheduled again podcast on the internet about video games and video game related topics. I am one of your hosts, Zach Clark, joined by, as usual, Brendan Tam. Brendan, how are you today? Well, for once, Australia's in lockdown and it's not Victoria, so it is a very, uh, I'd say, ominous and also unprecedented week at the moment. So, I'm going well, I can say. Yeah, yeah, it's um, certainly at the time of recording, um, pretty pretty hot in terms of uh, COVID hotspots out there, but for once, not near us, which is uh, different, but obviously, you know, feeling for those out there in other states, um, but also a bit relieved that it's it's not us in lockdown again, so, but, you know, if you're stuck in lockdown, what better way to spend it than listening to us? <laughs> I couldn't think of anything more enjoyable. Oh, exactly. What better way could you use to pass the time? And uh, speaking about passing time, I think something we've wanted to discuss for a very long time is that (laughs) in gaming, there's always different lengths of time that you can spend on a game. Some games will be very quick. The arcade games that you sort of sit down, play once or twice during a commute or whatnot, and then you finish it and you're sort of done with it. Maybe it's a phone game. Or there's ones that you will constantly go back to that are similar in replayability in many ways. Or there's other ones that are very much point A to point B, narrative driven, and you'll get to, you'll start the game and you get to the end and then you're done and it's a journey. So there's all different lengths of time that you could spend with a game. And I think given in the last 12 months, many of us have had a lot of spare time and we've always considered, oh, what should we use our time for? I think there's no better time than to talk about time in video games in terms of how long it takes to finish a game. And I think I've used my quota of the word time for the episode, haven't I, Zach? Yeah, I think uh, you're going to have to really push those linguistic talents and maybe plan a, th- a thesaurus to to replace the word time with some, some synonyms and whatever for the rest of the podcast because, uh, yeah, no more. You're banned uh, <laughs> from using that word. Time, length of time, games. I mean... It kind of ties back to another discussion we had, which is about the value of games. But time in and of itself feels like a, uh, or length is potentially another way of putting it, a topic that's always very hot to trot in both directions, I'd say. Um, I've certainly many, many times, particularly probably, you know, five, ten years ago, people were absolutely insisting on games being a minimum length and, and that hasn't really gone away. But on the flip side, I'm also starting to see more and more people talk about like wanting shorter games, uh, particularly maybe as you grow older and you want to play games, but you just don't have the free time to do so. Man, I'm trying to think of other words than time, but it is hard. (laughs) And so it's become a real hot topic because everyone seems to, to vary a lot on what they think is the optimal amount of time and length that a game of, of various, you know, genres and whatever could take. And I think one, you know, really interesting sort of uh, example, in at least at the time of recording that came up, was uh, people were very worried about, you know, one of a game I've been very, very, very vocal about being excited for, which was the new Pokemon Snap game. And a lot of people were worried about that coming into it because the, you know, original game on the Nintendo 64 was quite short. Uh, you know, you could beat it in a couple of hours uh, if you if you knew what you were doing and maybe you know, still only take three or four hours if you didn't know what you were doing. Uh, and people were worried, am I going to be paying full price for a three or four hour game? 
it didn't really end up that way. It was actually a bit longer than than that, but still not, you know, we're not talking much beyond the double digits, I'd say. And um, at least at that point, people seemed sort of satiated. I think the conversation died out a bit about whether this is going to be too short once people knew it was going to take that sort of 10 to 12 hour time frame of, you know, to beat it. But Brendan, yeah, what 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 are your thoughts? Like, is that is is ten to twelve hours kind of like a good hotspot? You reckon for for when a game should target to be if it's going to charge full, you know, retail price, or is is that too short, too long? What 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 do you reckon? I guess not to backtrack too much on our previous conversation on value, but I think it does very much depend on the type of game and the genre it's in, and also most importantly the replayability of it because. A game like Pokemon Snap, yes, you can theoretically complete it all 100% in about 12 hours. Unless you're a real whiz at the game, it could take a lot longer to actually get 100% to get all four stars on every photo of every Pokemon and to complete that goal. But even if you do complete that particular goal, it doesn't necessarily mean that your time with the game is over. You can replay it as many times as you want. You can go through the levels. You can take as many photos of Pokemon as you want. You can print them out with that, oh, what, what, what's it called? The instant printer thing you can get for Pokemon. Yeah, Fujifilm Instax Mini, yeah, whatever it is, yep. Yeah, I'm sure you have one of those, Zach, and you have many certainly do. pictures of Pokemon on your wall. But No, I've got a folder now that I'm building up, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> oh, very impressive. But yes, so you can do things like that. So I think it's it's a bit arbitrary in many ways for many genres of games to just put a limit on it of say, oh, you only play this game for 12 hours and you move on. You can very much put as many hours into a particular game as you'd like. And I think if you think back far enough to when we were growing up as children and we had limited means of getting games, that's what we always did. We replayed games many, many times. I remember playing Super Mario 64 ad nauseum, even though I'd finished the game, like, I spent more time in that game and other games like Ocarina of Time on the 64 than one would say, oh, you can finish these games in X amount of hours. So I've always found that discussion a bit arbitrary. I guess not necessarily arbitrary because, yes, I think it is a valid critique and a valid discussion to talk about how much content's in a game and there are definitely games that don't have enough content. So it definitely is a fascinating subject, I find, because on one side... I'm very much of the view of, well, you can get as much out of a game as you put in. But then on the other side, you do have to admit that, yes, some games are more feature and content rich than others. And those really rich games are the ones that you can get more out of, even if you're, oh, I really love Pokemon Snap, so I'm going to keep on playing it and playing it and playing it. You will reach the point when it gets stale. Whereas there's other types of games, like let's take, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, for example, that you can theoretically just keep on playing it over and over again because there's that skill component to it. You can play competitively. There's all different facets of it depending on how involved you want to get in the game. That That is a game that you can continuously play and that goes for most, I guess, multiplayer-focused games. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but if I... There's one point that you made, which I think is really interesting to delve into. Uh, we might set aside like your multiplayer games for a second and, and games that are a bit more vague in terms of like having an end point, I suppose. Because I find that when a game rolls credits, when a game quote unquote ends, 
can become quite a yardstick for people as to its length. Again, not to, to beat on a dead horse, but again, the Pokemon Snap example is interesting because, yes, you can absolutely finish the game in, you know, whatever it is, amount of hours, say it's, let's say 10, but to complete everything and to go back and do more, it's it's closer to the 20 or, or more mark, potentially, uh, particularly if you're not using guides to, to look things up or you haven't played it before. And that's not an uncommon thing, right? Like, there are lots of games where you could, in theory, beat them in a shortish amount of time, but to flesh it out because you're having fun, there are many ways to extend that time further and further. But people still really seem to latch on to that how long to beat website average of the the campaign or whatever you want to call it for various games is kind of like their their yardstick. And I just like, do you reckon that's just a byproduct because of it being a simple metric that's easy to use? Because it doesn't seem like it's the best metric in, in some regards, given, as we sort of said, there are so often a lot of ways to expand your gameplay. Like Zelda, right? You could you can collect all the sculptures in Ocarina of Time, and that would probably add on another like three or four hours to your experience at, at minimum, potentially. Um, if Again, if it's your first time playing and you don't know where everything is. But yeah, what, what do you reckon? Are we just, is it part of the issue and why people get so abrasive about time is because we're just sort of simplifying it too much to this you know how long till i hit the credits i think so and i i think it is a byproduct of the fact that we really can't escape that binary relationship between the length of a game and the value assigned to it in that i pay 60 dollars for a video game therefore i believe that i should get at least let's say 20 hours out of it even that is ultimately an arbitrary indicator you've just placed on that proposition of, oh, I assign my $60 or $80 in Australia or 69 or whatever price brackets we're talking about for new games, that that amount should equal X amount of enjoyment, X amount of time spent in. But the reality is that it just doesn't hold up because of the variability in types of games, because the variability of how long particular games can last depending on how much you as a player want to put into it. And I think it ultimately goes down to what we've talked about so many times on this podcast is that you and I really don't have that much time to play video games as we did when we were children, as we did when we were in high school, as we did when we were in university. And I think it's become less of a issue for us when when we have relatively decent levels of disposable income and we're not really hamstrung by, oh, if we want to play a game, we can generally go and get it. Whereas I think for many people, they can't get away from that idea of, oh, this game needs to last me for at least X amount of time. So if it, if it's not long enough, I don't really want to buy it because it's not worth my money. I think it's an interesting relationship, but I think in many regards, I think we haven't really escaped that age-old relationship of oh this game needs to last me until i can get the next game no it's very true there's there's certainly and i mean to be fair there are other people out there who yeah that's what they're after they they kind of just want one big game to sink their teeth into for a month or two months and they have that spare time to dedicate to it and that's the style of gamer they are which is more than fine um everyone you know teach their own but one thing i always find interesting is for as much stress as people put on time the longer games don't necessarily sell 
more, right? It's not like an instant win for mm. a game to be long. And the obvious, you know, way of looking at that is if you look at, say, a popular genre being shooters and ones that have campaigns these days, which, you know, of itself is becoming rarer, maybe your average FPS has a campaign in the high high single digits to, to low double digits, you know, maybe like 7 to, to 12, depending on which, which uh, brown shooter of choice you pick. <laughs> or but it's then, grey, not brown. Grey, sorry, sorry. Um... I forgot, I think after Modern Warfare, we're back at grey. It just keeps jumping around which dust we're using. But if you, excluding MMOs and, and multiplayer games, but if you look at single-player campaigns, JRPGs would hands down, I have to think, win on average for length. <laughs> no doubt about it. And, you know, JRPGs, certainly there's popular ones, don't, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't say they're trending as the most popular right or even not just jrpgs western rpgs are also very long you know skyrim and mass effect are lengthy in of themselves but they they aren't necessarily the top of the charts all the time and i know i just said skyrim so that's a bad example because that did top many charts and i'm sure mass effect sold very well as well you chose the two sort of outliers in the genre mate yeah yeah i did so that was a poor choice but yeah if you look at the jrpg sector there there's there's ateliers and tales ofs and all these games that i mean they do that they do what they need to do sales wise but they're not beating call of duty or getting close and again maybe that's because of the multiplayer aspect that call of duty has as well which which could add infinite amount of hours but um it's not like a i guess a an instant it's not a free kick right just saying i have 200 hours of gameplay does not guarantee you a sale and i guess that's where where i'm leading with this is does what you do as the gameplay really impact what is the optimal length like there are certain game genres which if you made them 200 hours you'd just be like this is this is crap i just can't do this for that long i know do you have any thoughts on yeah how genre affects the desired length of a game if we take cinematic games as an example, so talking about games like Uncharted, like The Last of Us, like Tomb Raider, those, I guess, third-person character action games. Well, not really character action games, that's more of a Bayonetta, but you know what I'm talking about anyway. Yeah. If you take games like that, I think for many people, they do have an expectation of how long a game like that should take, and it's generally anywhere between that roughly like 10 to 15 to 20 hour length, because... I think they like the idea that it is a contained cinematic experience. You have a relatively in-depth story. You have some character development. Things are happening. But you don't really want it to go longer than that 15, 20 hours because in many cases, the gameplay can be quite repetitive. It can get quite grindy and it it just isn't very fun if it gets past that time period. So... For some games, you don't want it to be overly long because I guess it depends on what the game entails, how well all the composite parts come together to form the game. And for a lot of those games, it is very story, very cinematic-based. And from a development and budget point of view, developers themselves can only sustain so much of that style of game before they run out of ideas or not even run out of ideas, just run out of budget and it just doesn't become realistic to have it any longer than that so i think for whatever reason i think consumers and gamers are aware of that and are happy that oh that was a good experience 
that was a great, like I had a great time with that. I might only ever play it once. I might replay it eventually, but I might play it once and then trade it into EB games and get the next game. Maybe I'll pick up Tomb Raider. Maybe I'll get a cheap copy of Uncharted and play through that next. And I can have these self-contained video game experiences that have a start and have an end. And I think a lot of people do like that. And I think, and I think on the reverse, those experiences can be too short. And that's when those consumers will complain that instead of having 10, 15 hours, it's more like five to 10 hours. And then people might think, oh, I paid full price for this game and it really not much happened. It was very short. It was a bit too short. So there definitely are expectations people do take into the conversation when they talk about what the value of the game was in terms of its length. And I think it's just something that is arbitrarily placed on these games and it's difficult to quantify. Yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, the budget from a development perspective makes a lot of sense, right? Like there's grandiose set pieces that you expect from a Uncharted or a Tomb Raider or whatever as you were using examples. You know, hard to replicate both creatively, creatively and financially if you were to pad the game out beyond the the sort of lengths that they hit already. So that's a, a very good point. Whereas like, yeah, JRPGs, grinding, having some downtime, it's almost expected. And, you know, a masterful developer still manages to have the right amount of, I guess, like cadence in the story of, you know, your gripping plot that sort of gets you back in to going back down to a bit more, okay, things are chill lead into some you know grinding and leveling up and traveling from where you are to, to the next that feels sort of natural i suppose i almost feel like i wonder if it's also got to do with the sort of world and the style they're kind of emulating like i know video games are always trying to emulate like a book or a movie but, you know, like if, if you had to look at something like Uncharted, it feels more in line with, you know, a, a big blockbuster AAA movie action flick kind well, of thing. Well, it's Indiana Jones. We we don't have to beat around the bush. Uh, but I don't want Disney to sue Sony. You know, we can't we can't make these allegations. <laughs> but yeah, like you're right, Indiana Jones versus say, you know, I mean, obviously like a lot of JRPGs would fit within a anime television yeah. series, um, which goes over... 24 episodes or more. Exactly. So many of them are influenced by Shonen Jump and Shonen Manga and Anime, like well, Xenoblade and Dragon Quest and all those. So you're definitely right, I think. But either way, both kind of just seem to like fit, right? Like they just work in terms of people just don't complain. And I think it's worth now maybe diving into some examples that maybe that we can think of where they have gotten a bit of outrage when they've come out about their length and trying to see what, what what separates them from the dozens of other games where length doesn't really get much of a, of a play, doesn't, you know, have people heated and, and saying this is too short. And, you know, one that I think of immediately was Gone Home, which was, I want to say maybe an hour it took to play Gone Home. And I think it was either 20 or 30 US dollars on Steam when it came out. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. That's about right. Yeah, in, in that ballpark at the very least. And it reviewed very well, I think, by you know or, or most of your major outlets at least and probably a bunch of smaller ones as well. 
but definitely there were, I remember there being a massive outcry for people being like $20 for an hour what is this that's bullshit like I'm not paying it <laughs> it's ridiculous and on top of other reasons people don't like gone home but I personally enjoyed it and I thought the story was very interesting for, for me at least uh, particularly at the time when I wouldn't be the first quote-unquote walking simulator, but it certainly was one of the bigger ones that took off before that genre got a bit overcrowded, I'd say. And again, maybe it's because I'm a more... I'm a games enthusiast. I like to support the medium. I'm happy to pay 20 bucks if it's good. Uh, so it didn't bother me that much. But I can appreciate why if you're seeing, oh yeah, it's getting like 8 or 9 out of 10 on my favorite website, I'll give it a shot buying it and then not realizing it's only going to be an hour how that might piss you off i know did you did you play gone home and do you have any thoughts as to maybe why that particular length versus price versus genre doesn't sit well for a lot of people i didn't play it but as always i have plenty to say about it (laughs) because i was always interested in those games just from a conceptual point of view but not interested enough to actually play them and i think that actually goes to the heart of your question and what you just proposed in that I think for a lot of the people who did complain about the length of games like Gone Home and then criticises them by labelling them as walking simulators, which is a very derogatory term, one I've used in the past, no doubt, but in hindsight I think isn't particularly a fair term or very much accurate in what those games offer. But I digress. I think when it does come to those games, length is used as a crux because people who probably bought it and paid the $20 for it and then got went into the game just probably found that the game wasn't really for them, that they didn't really enjoy what the game had to offer. So it's very easy to, if you're racking your brain trying to find a criticism of the game you just played, to say, oh, it wasn't very long. It only went for an hour. But I bet you that the majority of people who have that as a criticism probably didn't really enjoy the hour they spent in that game anyway or the two or three hours or how long you can stretch gone home for i think it's very much oh it wasn't very long therefore it's a bad game when i think they have fundamentally they have deeper issues with the game with the genre with what it represents than the length and that's okay not every game is for everyone as we've discussed previously so i think it's difficult to talk about gone home without discussing its length but i think fundamentally it's not really about the length of the game whether some people think it's good or some people think it's bad i think there's something more there yeah i have another theory uh and to me it's got to do with i guess what are the driving components of interest in a game and with gone home it's very narrative uh focused because it's very gameplay light And I wonder if that has a big factor because, you know, you sort of touched on this earlier, right? With with some games, the replay potential is quite high because it either has inbuilt modes like difficulty settings or additional content you can do that adds to the replayability. And even if it doesn't, like say, I don't know, um, like a Mario game, like Super Mario Brothers, the original, it still has a component of, oh, I could try and do things a bit faster. I could try and do things a little bit differently. Uh, this time I'll take the warp pipes or, and skip those levels, or this time I won't kind of thing. But with something like Gone Home, there's not so much gameplay to experiment with. It's Again, it's more like a movie. And, you know, some people I know 
love to rewatch movies hundreds of times and will watch the same movie twice a week because they're that kind of person. But for a lot of people, including myself, I need a bit of time to pass, usually between my watching a, a movie and wanting to watch it again because I kind of want to forget things and feel fresh, I suppose. And I could certainly see a lot of people feeling that way with Gone Home and, and other games like it where it's like, oh, I've paid my money, I've played the game, and I just can't see... There's just no incentive for me to go and play it again, at, at least at that moment, you know. Uh, it might be one of those things where 10, 15 years down the track, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll, I want what, to... What happened? I can't remember. I'll give it a shot. But fresh off beating it, you might not feel that mm-hmm. way. You might feel like you've you've just got this game that uh, is going to sit in your Steam library um, and take up a row there and you, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so I wonder if that's also a, a, an element at play here. Well, it's probably in many ways similar to books in that you can read a book, you can really enjoy that book and think it's the best thing ever. But a lot of people, myself included, because as we've discussed, I'm a hoarder, will keep that book and might go back to it in a year, in two years, maybe five or ten years, I'll reread that book and remember why I really enjoyed it. But other people, they prefer to share their books. They'll donate them to those shared public libraries you see in train stations. They'll lend it to a friend and never ask for it back. Or they'll do a whole manner of things, take it to a used bookshop and I guess share it around in that way. That, that yes, they might have really enjoyed it. They might remember it for a very long time and it might have been in even some cases, sort of life-defining, life-changing, but they're not going to revisit it. And I think in many ways, games like Gone Home try to capture elements of that. And I think for some people, they do. And games being the medium they are in this modern age with digital licenses and the like, you can't easily share your games around. You can't, unless we're talking about GOG and DRM-free video games, you can't easily give it to someone else or lend it out or trade games with other people. Once you've played it, like you said, it just sits in your library until you decide to play it again. So I think it is definitely a consideration when people think about the price of the game because unless it's a physical game and you can trade it, you can sell it, you can barter it, I don't, you can trade it for someone for toilet paper if there's a lockdown looming, you can't really do that with digital <laughs> games, and I think that very much does go into the price proposition. Yeah, you're right. Almost not having that resale ability probably hurts quite a bit for a digital game. Uh, yeah, that's that's again another factor I hadn't even really thought about is because that comes back to value, right? Like if I can buy a game, play it, and then sell it back, my net cost is less than whatever the full price was. But uh, you know, hopefully things are changing a little bit with more and more digital services finding ways of I guess, selling and trading games, but we're not really there yet properly. Mm. Before I dive into a completely off-topic tangent, there's probably another topic completely. (laughs) I think it very much does go into the sustainability of digital games and why most people will wait for sales to try to circumvent that value proposition when it's a digital game of, oh, if I wait long enough, I can get it for sort of 20, 30, 40, 50% off and maybe sometimes even higher than that mate just picked up the uh i don't know if you saw on discord but i got final fantasy crystal chronicles remastered for like 18 dollars then i had 10 percent off my eShop card so less than that can you actually play that online in australia yet 
Ah, uh, yeah, they fixed it actually. Um, <laughs> so it it works. I don't think it works well, but it works. <laughs> but anyway, that's again maybe a, a topic for another day. How much I will like or not like the game. Yeah. But at that price, I had to take the plunge. <laughs> yeah, let me know if you actually find someone to play it with. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the lowdown. But yeah, while we've took, we've gone to gone home, is there is there any game or games that you can think of or recall that had a lot of outrage due to the length, or even a game that you personally felt like this was too short, and we might get on too long afterwards, um, but for now, too short. Oh, there's there's definitely games that I've thought are too short, but for the life of me, off the top of my head, it's it's hard to think of them. Though I guess in recent memories, one that does strike a chord is actually a multiplayer game, which I know we wanted to leave until sort of the second half of this episode, but I guess we can briefly touch on elements of it. Could be a bridge. (laughs) In that, probably one of the recent ones I was, well, I wasn't necessarily disappointed with, but I know a lot of people were, was Super Mario Party on the Nintendo Switch that a lot of people thought, oh, I didn't have enough boards, I didn't have enough mini games, there was no DLC, the length of it is hampered in that, yes, it's a multiplayer game, you can play it as much as you want with, with friends or on your own, and you can theoretically just keep on going back and back and back to it. But I guess as we touched upon, games like that, they still do have an end date to them. They still have that point that you'll reach where you decide, I don't want to play it any longer because I've seen everything it offers. I've played, I don't know, Toadstool Peril 5,000 times and I, I'm just <laughs> sick of it. I don't want to go up and down that mushroom one more time. I just, I'm, I'm out. I'm I've checked out. So you can get to that point. And I think that game in particular does have an interesting dynamic in that if we were talking 20, 15, 20 years ago, we wouldn't really consider the fact that, oh, a game's longevity, a game's length can be dictated by downloadable content, can be dictated by further development on the game. Like, yes, some PC games had mods and development support and the like, but you didn't really see it on the large scale that you do to this day and it does make it a bit more interesting in that length can be increased length doesn't necessarily end when the game ships and i think that can create a lot of expectations that some people buy into games that do have multiplayer or have deep single player because they think oh yes maybe the content's not quite there yet maybe it's a case like cyberpunk that are Yes, the base game's a bit underwhelming, but I'm sure the developers are going to have expansions. I'm sure the developers are going to keep on supporting it and it'll become a better game. It will increase its length and I can get a lot of time out of it, spending my time experiencing the world. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting point because really when we talk about length uh, of a game, we're also going to kind of talk about content, right? And that's kind of the element that can dictate the length or the time you spend with a game. And yeah, with a multiplayer game, as you said, it can be like Super Mario Party. It can be till you've sort of played the boards to death. And the more boards there are, the less likely you're going to hit that threshold soon, I suppose. I think, you know, while we're on the topic of that specific game, the other issue is, I guess, it has predecessors to compare it to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine if, 
Bowser's Fury, the the sort of add-on game to Mario 3D World, just came out as a full-priced Super <laughs> Mario game, uh, like the next 3D Mario. While it's a great game, I don't think anyone who's played it would disagree that it's a great game. If you just finished playing Mario Odyssey two or three years ago, which is not like a lengthy game, but it was a good you know amount of time, uh, and then played this for, what, about three hours or so, uh, you'd be pretty... You'd feel a little bit disappointed, right? Because it's, you've already got this expectation from, you know, Mario 64, Mario, Sunshine, Galaxy, etc. Of, if not the exact amount of time it should take, at least the ballpark of what you would expect from something in that franchise. And that was the issue with Super Mario Party is it didn't have many boards, not just in as a standalone look at it by yourself, but compare it to the other however many Mario parties were on, like 14 or something, I think, if we had all the handheld ones, probably more. Which, like, it kind of makes me think of Harry Potter, right? With Dudley and the birthday presents, where it's like each year it has to be one more, one more. Like, there's that pressure to, like, at least maintain the level of length that you had to your predecessor if you are a sequel. Otherwise, people do compare the pair. Same age, same income, same super contribution. <laughs> But this game is way shorter, and I don't want to give it a six out of ten. <laughs> but uh, it, it very much is about expectation. You're spot on. It's, it's. I guess this entire topic can be boiled down to that one word. Not not the word time, but the word expectation. It it it, it all depends on what we expect going in. That we think, ah. Oh, it should be longer than three hours for a game like Gone Home, even though I probably wouldn't have liked Gone Home to begin with. Or, oh, my JRPG should be at least 80 hours or should be at least 100 hours. There's, there's a sense of, oh, if I'm going into a particular type of game, I should be able to get this particular experience out of it. And I think some games can turn that on its head. Some games can surprise you in many ways, can, can I guess, reinvent the wheel in many ways and do interesting things within conventions and within expectations and maybe it'll be a bit shorter but it does some surprising things and you're okay with it because it does that and it's very hard to I guess I keep on going back to the same term but it is hard to quantify what exactly satisfies someone and I think it is a crutch just using time as that indicator because I think it's definitely a key one that we always go back to and we talk about because we do have that idea of a time investment and I have X amount of spare time and if I want to play this game, it might take five weeks to complete it if I play an hour a day after work. And there's considerations like that, that time is important, but I don't. Th- it isn't the be-all, end-all. No, no, it's not. And yeah, you're 100% right. Like Expectations are massive. Like I, I've just played, and this is a game you should look into not just the audience but you specifically brendan um <laughs> I, I take that as a challenge yeah well it's a short game so a good but uh lego oh i thought you were going to say a short hike because that is a short game by very no, definition well a short hike is very good and yes everyone should play that and expectations are 100 percent set there another one that i was going to say was the lego builder's journey which is okay uh, i just i just just downloaded on switch this weekend and played through it and it Without giving too much away, I didn't expect a Lego game to be that emotional, <laughs> um, but very short, an hour and a half maybe it took me. You know, when I saw the, the trailers and the screenshots, I just didn't expect it to be much longer than that. And irrespective of what I paid, 
I was fine with it. Now, some people will probably look at it and say, what the full price is is too much because it's near release and that they're you know, charging 30 bucks. I think, Aussie, there's definitely a price point for everyone that I'd say, yeah, you should pick something like that up. And that's probably coming back to what you were saying, where a lot of people will wait for it to drop to 10 or less dollars because they see an hour and a half, that's, that's too short, um, even though it's a quality experience. Um, similar to short hike, I know a lot of people sort of waiting for that to get under the $10 mark, even though it's it's worth the full price that it charges, which I think is even less than 30 I think it might be closer to 20 Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I can't remember. it was recently on, well, now, I think a month or two ago as a recording, but it was free on Epic Game Store, and that's how I got a short hike. Though I have not yeah. played it yet. No, I got it in that itch bundle like a year ago, itch.io, that COVID bundle that was really cheap for like hundreds and hundreds of games and i played it there but but then i re-downloaded and paid for it on switch when it launched on on switch so i guess yeah clear indicator that i'm not that worried about cost (laughs) because i'm just buying games twice for no reason (laughs) oh it's good to support the developers i think that should never be that should never be overlooked no 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 it's that exactly and that's why i'm happy to pay full price for a short but good game from a small studio in many cases but yeah like my point more so is yeah because the, the expectation i went into these games is this will be an hour two hours whatever i'm just so content when when it hits that time i expect and maybe this is also a good time to flip onto games that are too long because i've definitely had games where i start them up and i think oh yeah this is this should be like good fun four or five hours. And then I find myself 10 hours later being like, why won't you end? <laughs> like, why are you still going? You know, one that I'm finding dragging a little bit, even though I am enjoying it. And maybe it's just because of how I was trying to play it is, uh, is Miitopia, which mm-hmm. I picked up on Switch, originally a 3DS game. Uh, and it's, it is an RPG, but it's like very simplistic JRPG. And for me, the fun is more around the silly interactions between your your me's that you input into the game. It's it's sort of like Tomodachi Life, if you played that, or uh, yep. Rest in Peace, Me Mi- Tomo uh, on the phone. But because of how lighthearted it is, I was expecting it to be very short, and it still just keeps going and going and going. It just keeps finding ways to sort of like pad out the length. Uh, of the of the world a little bit and uh, albeit i am playing it a little completiony sort of style and getting everything out of each area that i can for the most part and for the style of game it is it just feels too long like i would be happy to finish it in like a, a four or five hour time frame just because I'd, I'd much rather do that and then play it again with a new set of, of characters and and you know explore different classes and that kind of stuff yeah. then have the full game game last as long as i think it's going to last but yeah what about you have you got any sort of memories or where you're like this is this is too long i want it to be shorter than it is oh definitely there's countless games that i've dropped sort of mid playthrough because it's just feels too long sometimes they aren't even long games they just playing it again and again and again and you get to that point where you just decide that you want to go do something else and you drop the game. And that's happened to me many times. It's why I'm terrible at completing games. It happened to me when I tried to play the original Witcher. I got quite far into it. I was grinding along, following this walkthrough to try to complete the game in an optimal manner. So I would, so to try to finish it as quickly as I 
possibly was without, I guess, running into any difficulties and getting stuck on difficulty spikes, which, which that game does have a few of them. Though you can get to the point where you just steamroll through all the enemies, which I did. But even getting to that point where combat wasn't really a impediment, wasn't really a challenge anymore, I just got to a point when I felt, oh, I'm just going to stop playing this for a while and do something else. And I didn't go back to it for another, I think it's nearly seven years in the end when I actually went back to that same save and finished the game. But I think the main example I can think of is actually a game I absolutely love and is probably one of my favourite games I've played in recent memory and would be in my, I guess, top five games of all time, which is Xenoblade Chronicles on or Wii, 3DS, and Switch at this point, that I played last year during lockdown, sort of a couple of hours every day after work, chipped away, chipped away, and I think in the end, including the expanded content on the Switch release, I put in it about easily over 80 hours combined for that game, and I really enjoyed those 80 hours, but it was long, and it did sort of towards the end feel a bit too long, even though there's some epic moments along the way, particularly the the ending is fantastic and does throw a few curveballs at you, but it's just a very, very long game. And I think it goes back to that idea of, well, we have limits on how much time we can spend on downtime, how much time we can spend on things like video games. And yes, JRPGs and RPGs are one of my favorite genres and I buy lots of them and I want to play heaps of them. But For many of them, there seems to be a preconception that they have to be a certain length and that the short ones of, oh, South Park, A Stick of Truth is only 20 hours. That's bad for an RPG. But in reality, it it is an arbitrary measurement. And I think games can definitely be too long. They can definitely drag too much. And I think the, the danger for those games is for some players, they can persevere and know that, oh, Yes, this part of the game, it is dragging a little bit. It is a bit boring, but I can see beyond the cliffs. I can see beyond the horizon, the mm. fun, the epic reveals about to happen. I can get there. I just need to keep on chipping away. And yes, that epic reveal might be 10, 20 hours away. But for those players, it will be satisfying to get there. And for other players, they'll get there and think, oh, yes, it was neat, but I want my 20 hours back, please. No, 100%. And I think, the example you kind of brought up of Xenoblade and how, you know, it took you three or whatever tries to eventually click and play through it. Uh, I think that sort of touches on another interesting point, which can just be your mental state, I suppose. Uh, And I don't mean that like literally like, you know, whether you're happy (laughs) or sad. Are you questioning my mental sanity? Well, it's a, that's a valid question. (laughs) Yes. Well, um, you know, like, in Australia, right? People, people's mental health is different. We saw Jesus or someone who claimed to be Jesus um, <laughs> on the TV today uh, trying to uh, give a cease and desist to the chief New South Wales police officer. But anyway, but uh, yeah, almost indescribable, right? Though there are just some times when a long game clicks and a lot of times when it doesn't. It could be a very similar game. In your case, it's literally the same game. It's Xenoblade. It's it's other than obviously the touch-ups they did for Switch, but it, it is by and large the same experience. I've had a similar thing with the Yakuza games where I got Zero, loved Zero, but never finished it because I just kind of kept having things get in the way and I'd stop and start. And every time I went back to it, it's like, 
I love everything except I forget the combos, I forget how to do the fighting, and I need to sort of reteach myself. And because I'm a bit in the game, I'm fighting enemies that are good, not just your, your trash that you fight at the start. And I'm like, uh, I need to bring myself back up to speed. But when Judgment came out, which is effectively a Yakuza game by, by all accounts, it just hit at a good time at life where I could sort of continue chipping away at it very regularly in a way that kept my interest and uh, I was able to see that through and they're both sort of lengthier games at maybe that like 30 to 40 hour mark depending on how much time you spend doing side content and I imagine that's sort of similar for a lot of people like we certainly know a few people on um, discords and, and from online that we're friends with where you know I just read what they get through and I'm just impressed at their ability just to be like, oh yeah, like I've picked up this JRPG and over a course of a week or two, I've done literally everything in it and like I tick the box, I'm done with this one and then I move on to the next and they can just sort of churn and churn through games uh, in a way that I just, even if I cleared my schedule, I just don't think I'd mentally have the fortitude to to push through mm-hmm. and do. I'm 100% the same. I had that exact phenomenon when I, played Skyward Sword when it first came out on the Wii, which is actually a topical anecdote considering Skyward Sword Remaster or HD or what are they actually calling it on the Switch? I think HD. Is it HD? Yeah. But anyway, that's about to come out. And I I fondly recall getting it on the Wii when it first came out. I think I ordered it on Oz Game Shop. It arrived a couple of days after the official release. I think it was sort of a Monday or Tuesday. Got it. It was school holidays. I think I was in year 10 or 11 at the time. So I just spent about a week. I think I spent about a Monday to Wednesday playing it constantly. Or maybe it was a Monday to Friday because I think it did take about 50 hours or near that. And I put sort of 10 hour sessions in to just finish Skyward Sword. I absolutely loved it at the time. Really enjoyed it and got through it and finished it and thought, oh, this is a fantastic opportunity that now try to finish twilight princess because i got that at launch of the wii but i got stuck just before you got the master sword so i thought oh i'll go back and finish it off because should finish twilight princess because that's a zelda game that everyone has said is good and worth playing so i put it back in played it for about a couple of sessions probably i want to say i put about five hours into it i had a walk through a hard copy one which i was trying to go through with it and I got to a point where I was just zelded out. I just, even though I was enjoying it, I enjoyed Skyward Sword. I was somewhat enjoying Twilight Princess. I just got to that point of, I really don't want to be playing this type of game anymore and had to go to something else. So I, I'm definitely with you there. I'm definitely a type of gamer that needs variability in their diet. Yeah. And, you know, I think variability can also help with making the length of a game feel right or wrong i suppose like some games are great little palette cleansers and they're nice little like puzzle games can be a great palette cleanser you know short simple and to the point and then go back to something a bit media uh, again like a, a whether it's a jrpg length or more that sort of you know action adventure sort of style which is probably more in between the two yeah 100 percent. i i agree yeah yeah what you're in the mood for can make the world a difference and speaking of another good palette cleanser and one that i find fascinating as well and and how variable people can spend time with like let's try and unpack the multiplayer 
situation because it's a very different landscape to to the single player one because how do you measure the length of time of a multiplayer game i i mean do you have an answer because i I don't think i do (laughs) i think it's unquantifiable because it is very much what you put in is what you get out you can spend as much time as you want you can spend as little time as you want and in my personal experience i've always found when it comes to multiplayer games that the time you get out of it is generally dependent on the people you're playing it with like yes there's plenty of multiplayer games you can i guess go into random lobbies and play ad nauseum with strangers with randoms but i've always found that it's a lot more satisfying and there'll be a lot more longevity if you play it with people you know if you play it with your friends if you play it with i guess people you've met in a game online gaming community or a whole manner of different situations it's very much that social and personal connection that adds a dimension to what gives a lot of those online multiplayer games it's sort of infinite depth that you can play it for as long as you find enjoyment in it really yeah 100 percent. i agree that obviously yeah who and what you're playing with the game's core concept can be quite important and oh definitely i think let's use your example of super mario party and compare it to another game that got a lot of play by a lot of people last year uh is among us uh which you know among us has or at least when it got popular when i started playing it last year was three maps i think it has four now once upon a time i probably had one or two compared to what mario party's five but the core gameplay and i guess the variability in options you do have with among us lead it for some people at least to play it for hundreds of hours uh, particularly if you look at some of those you know big youtubers i know obviously they get content and that for them it's also a bit of a money game playing playing what's popular but you know they're able to have fun with it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours uh, as opposed to super mario party where maybe there's someone who's played it for a hundred plus hours i i would love to talk to that person and understand a bit more as you know, I love Mario Party, don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> across the series, I've played probably a thousand plus more hours, but that particular entry, I, I just don't know how you could play it for more than 20, even if you're playing it semi-regularly. And it just goes to show, I guess, how just certain like gameplay styles can really extend the amount of time that you can and will want to play a game uh, having that like sort of depth and strategy element um, that is present in and among us, I think really can blow that out because you are thinking about what can I do better? I wish I'd made this. I wish I'd done that. I'm willing to put that into practice pretty quickly if that's the kind of person you are. Other people get really frustrated and probably never want to play again when they, when they make a mistake. So I think that's that's something to factor in as well. Oh, it very much depends on the gameplay loop of the game you're talking about because, as you just said, games like Among Us has that level of strategy, has the replayability because each session, well, sessions can be quite quick. It moves very quickly, whereas something like Mario Party, you can't say the same thing about it. The best format is playing it with other people in the same room as you, so it has that extra layer of difficulty there and a session can last sort of up to an hour and it it can feel like an hour sometimes. Whereas if you think about it, those multiplayer games that do have a lot of replayability and set in 
single sessions can go for more than an hour, they generally don't feel like they've gone for an hour. Like if you think about games like League of Legends, for example, where you can easily play one game and it can go, a game can go anywhere from 20 minutes to about an hour. Well, anyway, when I played it, I think the games changed very much since that point. But there's that variability in the length, there's variability in how you play it and you can go back to it quite quickly with a new approach, with a new perception of, oh, last game I did this and that was the wrong build. It's, it'll be more optimal if I level up this way and if I buy these items first and if the matchups against this particular character, I know how to deal with them now. So there's sort of layers upon layers and make it satisfying and gives it that sensation of, oh, I just want to have one more try. I want to have one more go. And I think that's what adds that extra dimension to a multiplayer game that isn't in single player games. But there's also things multiplayer games do or can do to try and really push the amount of time you spend them out, right? Padding. We love padding. Or as I like to say, the starch of potatoes. You've got to have that starch, Zach. <laughs> the delicious, yeah, rice, potatoes, uh, pasta, whatever it is, fill it up. But yeah, like leveling, obvious, is a big one and present in RPGs as well. But like, if I take that a step further, dailies, daily content, which is present in all sorts of online games, you know, from shooters to to MMORPGs where they probably got their heyday to obviously mobile games with multiplayer or not multiplayer components as well. They pull all these little tricks to try and get you to, to keep coming back because there's always something to do, something you should be doing to advance beyond just, you know, practicing, I suppose. And that can really pad out the time you spend. Like, if I think about the last MMO I properly played, which is Guild Wars 2, and I probably have like 400 and whatever something hours, I just wonder how much of that was real, just meaningless bullshit that I was doing, like, just because I wanted to get my dailies done or I was just bumming around in um, Lion's Arch or whatever, just waiting for people and doing just nothing meaningful, I suppose. but. I wouldn't ever like use that then as a reason to buy the game. Like, cause I wouldn't say to someone, Oh, I spent 400 hours in Guild Wars two. You should do the same as me. You should buy Guild Wars two and spend that amount of time, which I think is why the quality of what you're doing per minute or, or hour or whatever unit of, of time you want to measure makes the world a difference in terms of whether that, length is actually of any value i suppose uh that's worth prescribing to the game it goes to the reward proposition as you touched upon it what do you get out of doing those dailies what do you get out of every day going to the same game going to the same place and many times doing the exact same thing i experienced it when i played mmos and when i played world of warcraft there was a period of my life where i decided oh I really want this particular dragon mount. And from memory, I think it worked out that you had to do the exact same dailies for like 50 days. And if you did that, you'd get, you would get enough reputation with this particular faction to get the mount. And that's exactly what I did for 50 days straight. I just went back and did the exact same gameplay loop over and over again. And it was very monotonous. It was very grindy. It was a in a zone that where I was over-leveled. So... It was sort of, I was one-shotting all the enemies, so it wasn't difficult. It was just repetitive. It was, it was like a job, and it was ultimately why 
I was able to break away from playing World of Warcraft and playing MMOs because it gets to the point where it just feels like a job. It just feels like, oh, I'm doing this repetitive task over and over again because there's a reward that's no different to you go to work every day and you, yes, you might enjoy your work. Yes, you might get some satisfaction from it, but you're there because, well, we live in a capitalist society where you need money to to live you need money to eat and i've realized i've just got very sort of depressing in my monologue but <laughs> I, I don't really know where i'm going with this but yes i think in a multiplayer games there is that potential that you do reach that point where it just becomes monotonous you start losing the players because unless i guess in a lot of cases there are enough players that do find enjoyment out of that and are hooked and will keep on going back to the same well but it very much does fit a particular type of gamer. Yeah, I agree because I think there's just certain types of gamers who do just kind of want to play one game and that's their game. And every now and then they'll change what that game is, you know, maybe every year or two years or whatever. But they're very content just kind of like sticking to one thing and really just dedicating the time to it. Whereas I know I'm more of a jack of all trades master of none i'll jump between things <laughs> very regularly and thus i'm never going to be an esports star <laughs> you just like that buffet too much don't you zach yep no 100 percent. but maybe i'll change my ways and become a pro pokemon unite player when that comes out in a few <laughs> weeks and and uh see see you all in london at pokemon worlds or whatever next year is that actually a thing pokemon well Pokemon Worlds in London is, yes, a thing. It's usually in America, but um, this is the first one in the UK because Sword and Shield's set in the UK next year. It was going to be last year, and then it was going to be this year, and then obviously now it's going to be next year. <laughs> and is that just for the game, or is it for the trading cards as well? It's video game. So it's the core video game. It's the trading card game, and it's in the last few years been Pokken Tournament as well, and I'm certain Pokemon Unite will be the fourth pillar going forward in the <laughs> e, you know the pokemon esports world so if you are in the uk next year brendan you know you know you know where to go and uh i'll probably crash crash on your couch or something <laughs> when go go visit it oh definitely we'll get our ash ketchum jackets on and our caps and we'll go down and be a pokemon master it'll be brilliant but only if we have the time to do it which hopefully we will Amongst playing all the many other games that we play. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we don't want this podcast to go on too long, but also not too short. And we kind of hit a good point. <laughs> I don't know if I have much more to, more to say about the length of a game. I mean, again, like a lot of our topics, there's just, there's no answer, right? There's no, this is the exact perfect length of a game because games are different. But hopefully we've helped delve into like some of the, the thought and the reasoning whether you know as to why some games feel short why some feel long and hopefully you start to think about why you think that way about certain games as well Mm, and why you why you attribute a particular value to that time proposition but of course we all know zach that all games should be exactly 42 hours long or 42 minutes long because 42 is the answer to everything Mm, yep, no, some sort of variation of 42 is ideal. Yeah, if it, if it's divisible by 42, it's okay. So 88 is okay. Uh, sorry, 84 is okay. Yep, 84 is great. Good RPG number. Good lucky number in, um, you know, in 
Chinese culture as well. Double eight uh, is is a nice one. So yeah, double eight would be better. So eighty eight. Oh yeah, sorry, double eight. You said eighty four. Four is bad. Four is bad. Chinese yeah, culture, four, four means around. death. <laughs> yeah, death is yeah, bad. No. Unless you're that game we talked about last episode. What was it? Death Death Mark Death Squared. Mate, Death Squared's great. Yeah, Death Squared's brilliant. I reviewed it. Yes, uh, but I know what you mean. Death the the. Yeah, Death Door or something like that. I can't remember. It's, it's already been a week. Yes, it was either Death Door or Demon's Door. I still don't know. Yeah, something about a door and a D word. But yeah, well, thank you for spending an hour and a bit with us uh, and taking that away from your, your game playing or your whatever else you do on a on your days. You're in lockdown or, or not in lockdown. If you want to spend more time with us in a non-podcasty fashion, you can reach out to us on social media. And again, we're happy to happy to give you a shout out or talk about any topics that you want to suggest, uh, as long as they're you know not explicit or anything weird like that. If you want to do that, though, what are you thinking Car- about? It's a Monday night. Your your head's in the gutter. Look, look, you know, my head's sometimes always in the gutter. Um, and by sometimes always that, yeah, that probably indicates my mental space very well, but yeah, you can reach out to us at blowcut pod on the social medias of Twitter and Facebook. Alternatively, you can email us at blowing cartridge. It's not plural, is it? It's blowing cartridge at gmail.com. Oh, I remembered it, but then I doubted myself. Don't doubt yourself, people. That's what you got to remember. Commit a hundred percent. Yeah. Just go with it. And Lastly, if you don't want to talk to both of us, you don't want to risk both of us seeing the message, you just want to message me, it's at Egorino on Twitter. Or if you want to just message Brendan and, and play us off against each other, like, you know, ask me to pl- do a topic and I say no, and you'd be like, oh, but, you know, Brendan said we could. You can message Brendan at Tamazoid on Twitter as well. Yes, and you can please... Message me on ta- at Tamazoid and tell me what your favourite longest game is. And if it's a JRPG, I'll give you a special prize. Mate, that, I hope you have prizes ready because, I mean, it's probably going to be right. Like, <laughs> it's probably going to be a JRPG. Mate, come on. I, I bet you that no one's actually going to message me on Twitter. So I, I'm safe. And I actually do have a prize. Okay, well, I'm excited. to. I, so hopefully somebody gets the prize. I'm looking... Are people that have guessed it on the podcast eligible? No, you're not eligible. Okay. I'm not. But what about our other guests? Could they? Yes, they could. Okay. Well, there we go. Offers out there. I I hope someone does it because I want to know what the prize is. Oh, it's probably just like an unredeemed game code that I have. And I have many of those. (laughs) Oh, wow. Thanks Thanks for sharing. But yeah, until next time, we will, I don't know, not physically see you, but we will... You know, think about you very dearly, our lovely listeners, and, and, you know, have sweet dreams about you every night. I'll only do that if you leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I mean, we need to count those stars before going to sleep every night. And the more stars there are, the better we're going to sleep.